Howdy, campers. It's another beautiful day at Camp One Clap on the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast. I'm your camp director and host of the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast, Lyle Wiley. Congress competitors, get ready because today on day nine of camp, Counselor Alexis Worthen is back sharing part two of her series, Capturing the Congress Crown. Part two is entitled Definitions and Play-by-Plays. Don't forget to check the One Clap socials for today's social media challenge topic. Keep it rolling. I'm shifting the reward structure a bit for challenges to include more people. If you interact with the challenge 10 times, you can receive a holographic Camp One Clap sticker. And if you interact 25 times, you can receive several stickers, a One Clap coaster, and a Camp One Clap magnet. Additionally, the ABCs of debate with Professor Graham and Kevin, created by Counselor Adrian Graham, a mad genius, keeps dropping fire videos. Don't miss them. All right, campers, enough with announcements. Let's get ready for episode two of Capture the Congress Crown with Counselor Alexis Worthen. Definitions and play-by-plays. All righty, and welcome back to this week's episode of Capturing the Congress Crown by Alexis Worthen. Okay, welcome, guys. So glad you're back with me. Um, Last week, we talked a lot about uh, writing and choosing a bill in an authorship speech. But this week, similar to how Section 2 of a bill functions, definitions, this is also an episode primarily focused on the definitions and kind of how an actual Congress round functions. Um, I think that a lot of times people are really hesitant to do Congress because they see like bits and pieces of Congress and the um, kind of the customs and the uh, phrases that people say really freak people out because it's not something we're really used to um, before we actually start getting into the the hang of it and the swing of things. So um, here and kind of helping you uh, learn a lot about it. And I'm telling you right now, it's not as scary as it looks. So just like section two of a Congress bill, let's get into our episode of definitions. So perfect. Amazing. Um, to start this week off, we'll just kind of go and kind of explain how an actual Congress round functions, I think, because that'll help us kind of get into some of the more, um, definitions-esque side of things, because again, it intimidates a lot of people. So first off, when you go to a Congress room, um, you, once the session's kind of ready to get started, uh, usually someone will say, or the someone in the chamber, or you can even say it, um, is uh, motion to convene. So a lot of the phrases that you guys will be working with is motion to dot, dot, dot. So we're going to talk a lot about motions. Uh, motions is kind of how things kind of action takes place, because you're focused on around that, you know, there's some, there's a lot of procedural based things and, um, the procedure, having a well-based knowledge of procedure brings you up in the round, especially if you're a PO, but so someone will say motion to convene. And if you guys, if this is like your first session, um, of the, like the actual rounds, um, someone, if you're like in a, like a varsity room, there's usually going to be someone who's more, um, experienced. Let's say you're a novice. If the, um, someone who's more experienced, or you can even do this. Like, don't be afraid to do this. Um, we'll just go, okay, uh, is there any motions on the floor? And then someone, you can say, uh, motion to elect a new chair. So first off is your very first thing is motion to elect a chair. And so the chair or the PO is going to essentially kind of run the round. The judges don't run the round. Uh, one of you do, one of you does. 
Um, and we'll have a full separate episode of how to PO, but essentially, um, there are people, you will be nominated to, uh, people in the room can be nominated to run the round. Um, typically there's about two to four candidates. I would say that they're kind of standard depending on how many nominations. I would say normally there's no more than three though. Um, and a lot of the time, especially if you're in a room of people who are experienced um, and you're maybe not, um, people have already kind of something that's kind of silly or not dirty, I would say. It's not def- It's definitely not, not allowed, but something that I think other people maybe, especially if they're coming in fresh, aren't used to is the fact that we in Congress already kind of talk, are making deals, I guess, about who is going to PO that round. So people before the round even started, if you are in that chamber, they're going to be asking for your vote um, to PO. So someone will be nominated and, um, you know, they get up and they run, they ask for um, your vote. We'll talk about more about how actual, if you want to be PL, like how chair elections kind of work or function. But essentially, um, you'll write on a little piece of paper the last name of someone you want to PO. And then one of the judges, not anyone in the room, not, not, not one of your competitors, but one of the judges counts and announces who the chair is. So as soon as you have a chair, hopefully that doesn't take any longer than seven minutes. I think it should be chair elections should be quick and efficient. So know who you kind of want to um, have PO. And we'll talk about uh, like different, like who you want to PO strategies, I guess. Um, more in, again, our PO episode. So once you've done that, then someone will say motion to set the agenda. Um, seconded, uh, I, nay, whatever. No one usually says nay to these kind of initial motions. Um, if you are, why are you saying no? Get out of the room. You're making the chamber inefficient. Just kidding. Just kidding. You're just kidding. <laughs> But then you set the agenda. So everyone, you kind of get separated, but depending on how many people, how many groups, how many, like how large the chamber is, usually it's two to, again, two to four groups um, of, you know, five or six of you guys um, in a room and you, and you kind of separate into committees. So just like a real um, congressional chamber, there's committees. These don't, committees don't actually end up doing anything. They just kind of set the agenda of what they want to talk about. So you kind of will go in a circle um, and you guys kind of, um, impromptu, like just choose someone to be kind of your committee leader or, um, you know, someone who's going to tell the PO, uh, what kind of bills you want. So you guys go in, you guys will go in a circle and say what bills you want. Um, your goal is to try to get your bill and your teammates bill. That's something that's really important because, um, something that truly I believe in is, um, teamwork in um with your in your team your school team so if there's especially if there's someone else in your chamber or even if not you want to get that bill onto the docket because you want to see how it plays out in an actual congress round so you guys will go around in the circle of five to six uh legislators and talk about which bills that you want you say this bill this bill this bill and eventually you'll just kind of end up with a list of what um bills you want to talk about and you don't have to get all the bills on there like you don't have to be like that like just get what bills that you in particular want to debate in this list and whatever order of the circle that you go around. And then your committee leader or you will tell the PO and the PO will go around the room, the two to four committees and ask what bill next, what bill next. Um, and that kind of sets the agenda, just a fair way to get um, people's stuff onto um, the docket. So, and then once that's been established, that's kind of the big heavy procedural um, part of a Congress round. And then it kind of sets into a routine very quickly. That'll happen. And you don't have to set once for the, until supers happen. If this is just like in prelims, 
Um, once supers happen, like in prelims, that's kind of it for setting the docket. You'll have to do chair elections every round or um, at the end of every round, depending on how your chamber functions. But um, yeah, so you'll go in and then once the agenda has been set, the PO will call, do I see any sponsor authorship or sponsorship speeches for this first bill? And then, um, so if you have an authorship speech for the bill, let's say your bill is addressing the teacher shortage, just using my bill from the past year. Um, then if that's the first on the docket, you would say, I rise in authorship. Um, and so sometimes what happens is that the author isn't actually present in the room. So the PL will call, are there any authors for the bill? And then you say, I rise in authorship. But if there's not any authors, which is pretty rare for, especially for those first couple of bills, um, someone will, he can, the PO can go, um, are there any sponsors for this bill? And so then it kind of goes to whoever's like a teammate. So let's say that my, um, the first bill that made it up onto the docket is my teammate's bill about, uh, grass fed cows. And so I stand up, I rise in off, I rise in sponsorship and that would typically, usually your teammates will talk to you first about which guys, which bills that you kind of divvy up and say who you're in charge of, um, sponsoring per bills, depending on how many teammates you actually have doing Congress. Um, so then you go and the, the PO will go, say, this representative is recognized. So you go to the front of the room and then you usually thank the chair. Um, and then you kind of introduce yourself. So I would go, uh, my name is Representative Worthen. That's spelled W-O-R-T-H-E-N. Um, and I am at the leisure of those above me. Essentially indicating to the judges that you are ready and that to the chair that you're ready. So usually the chair will be ready to go. They'll give you like a thumbs up or a nod. They'll make eye contact. The judges will do the same thing. Just as like if you're about to give a speech. Then you give your authorship speech, sponsorship speech. And um, that kind of does it for them. So Perfect. All right, once you've given your authorship speech um, and then all the countdown procedures have been done, we'll talk about uh, countdown procedures uh, when you're actually speaking. But once your speech is done, three minutes and 10 seconds is over, um, then you have time for CX. Now, if you're doing an authorship or a sponsorship speech, then you have two minutes for cross-examination. And so the the PO will go, all those wishing to question, please rise. Um, and depending on whether this is just a regular home tournament or if it's uh, districts and state, um, there's a difference between um, kind of direct questioning and just kind of regular standard CX. Um, we can talk more about uh, actual like direct questioning um, in our speaker episode, but um, this is where it gets kind of heavy. So you usually what will happen is the PO will kind of point to whoever asks you a question. Now, when it comes to questioning, just a really quick um, remember to keep things short, keep things brief, and you go and do that for two minutes. If you're just giving a speech about it, whether you're affirming or negating a bill, then it's the one minute um, cross-examination period for people to question you. So after that, you go ahead and um, the chair releases you and you say, I thank the chair, and you go and sit down. And then that re- process entirely repeats itself until the end of the session. Um, and so then you have some a couple of like motion things. For example, uh, if you need to address the chair, let's say you need to go to the bathroom. That's the nice thing about Congress, underrated. You can go to the bathroom or go to your next round whenever you want. You don't have to. Honestly, people could just, don't do this. I'm telling you right now, don't do this. I've had teammates do this before. It's not okay. 
they just make a moat, like they ask to leave and then they don't come back. Don't do that. I mean, theoretically you can, just don't do it. Um, but <laughs> you can stand up and sit, you can ask the chair, um, permission to address the chair. Um, hopefully this is between speeches and you're not just doing it in the middle of someone's authorship speech. Don't do that. That's weird. Um, but when there's the a speech is done, CX is over. You can raise your hand really quick before a chair calls on somebody to speak again. Uh, permission to address the chair. The, you, the chair will grant it. Granted. Uh, personal privilege. Granted. Sometimes at the, the, uh, the beginning of a round, honestly, just make things more efficient. This is a bit of advice I have for uh, POs um, really quickly. If you just want to clarify, if you have to make a personal privilege to like leave the room or go to the bathroom, etc., just say, Personal privileges are universally granted. Just don't be a distraction. That's my advice on that part. But if that the chair doesn't say that, just say personal privilege. The chair will let you leave and then you can go to the bathroom, do whatever you need to do. But to come back in, just there's usually, so let's just say you're in a choir classroom. For some reason, they always put Congress in choir classrooms. But let's say that you're wait, you leave the choir classroom, you co- you're coming back, and there's like a window. Normally, it's usually standard that classrooms have windows. So sometimes you, so what you'll do is you peek in, and if there's anyone speaking, do not enter the room. Don't do it. Why are we entering rooms when we can see someone speaking? Don't do it. Don't. All right, has that been covered? Is everyone, does everyone know not to enter the room now? Good. Excellent. Okay. So if you see someone speaking, don't come in. Wait until the person sits down and there's no one up at the front of the room unless the chair is open. So wait outside and then you'll knock, kind of butt your head in really awkwardly. Uh, permission to enter the chamber. Legislator will go, granted. And then you'll sit down. And that is it. That's all we have to do. All right, and one last kind of uh, motion I think that we'll cover for this week's episode is going saying a point of order. So let's just say the chair is doing something wrong, like precedence was off, Prece- something questioning was cut off, blah, 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 blah. But that – because th- things happen. Chairs make mistakes. It's okay. Um, if you need to ask a question or clarify something or blah, 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 just say uh, chair point of order, raise your hand. And then the chair calls on you and you explain, um, I actually think that Representative Washington was supposed to follow instead of separate Representative uh, Grover Cleveland. Um, then that's kind of it. And then the chair can correct himself or affirm and say, nope, I was right. Um, a lot of the times, especially if we have a, if you have a parliamentarian, the parliamentarian is supposed to step in at this point. Um or if a judge is experienced, sometimes they need to step in. Um, that, but that's kind of like something that will happen if – like if you need to advocate for yourself, absolutely. Go ahead and do that. Um, I would just caution though is um, you – the point of order does kind of change the judges. Like if it's a successful point of order and like you are right, that's kind of a point in your favor. If you have a certain attitude about it, if you're um, – being mean to the chair if you're disrespectful to the chair you're disrespectful to the room if you give a kind of certain personality especially especially if you're a girl and you're trying to advocate for yourself sometimes people get the perception that you are um being a i can't swear on this podcast can i (laughs) but you're not you know you're not being a good chair right um but or you're not being a good representative so 
be careful about the point of orders that you do make, but don't be afraid to advocate for yourself because you deserve to have a fair experience. And you deserve to be successful in whatever you do, especially in Congress. So do not be afraid to speak up for yourself. All right, that concludes this week's episode of Capturing the Congressional Crown with Counselor Worthen. Um, if you have any questions at all, or if you need advice, if you need help in any form or capacity, uh, remember my email is alexis.g.worthen at gmail.com, all lowercase, or my Instagram is at alexisgworthen, also all lowercase. Um, it's been an awesome week, guys, and super looking forward to next week. I'll see you then. Thank you so much to Counselor Alexis Worthen. Episode three of Capturing the Congress Crown will be live next Tuesday at Camp One Clap. What's new at camp tomorrow? Well, we'll have a new episode of Troop Leader Talk with Counselor Marcus Viney and Counselor Bailey Patterson. They'll be dropping episode two of their series. And of course, Professor Graham and Kevin's ABCs of Debate shall roll onward and there will be a new episode available tomorrow. Also, don't forget social media challenges are live for every day of camp this August. Well, until tomorrow, campers, try to be like trees. How do they make so many friends? Well, they branch out. For Camp One Clap, this is Camp Director Wiley signing off.